You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you have come around and are now in love with the Dallas Cowboys offseason. Maybe that has happened. Probably not. Uh, either way, we're all mildly enjoying somewhat enjoying uh what has happened it is time for jerry jones and stephen jones to speak uh to the local media because the owners meetings are happening in the state of florida so we have a lot to get into it is tuesday march 29th as it is tuesday uh, that means it is time for our blog and the boys roundtable live discussions joining me tonight we have from the pages at blogandtheboys.com and the podcast network at blog and the boys where you can hear our roundtables as well aiden davis fresh off of a midterm or a test or a quiz or who knows what at the worst school uh, in the great republic of Texas. We have Mark Lane, Mr. Statistics, Mr. Facts, Mr. Data himself on Twitter at the Real Mark Lane, and we have one of the professors from the Star Seminar. I don't know when these guys, uh, you know, what what exact curriculum they studied to become professors of a podcast, but hey, they did. Uh, it is Danny Phantom on Twitter, Danny Phantom 24 Dan, I start with you. Um, are there any grades? I've, I've, I have yet to hear a grade on the Star Seminar where people can hear every Friday on the Blog and the Voice podcast. Now, you guys tout all this professordom uh, without kind of the, you know, the other side of that coin. Oh, well, you know what? I mean, it's still early. Um, so I no, we don't have any grades right now, but uh we uh, definitely uh, will give each other small little progress reports on the, wh- how the how their opinions are playing out. So um, you know, Rabs did a really good job with uh, the Amari Cooper thing. So I, you know, I, I gave him a grade uh, for that. But uh, so, but no, it's still you know, I, the, the grade is incomplete. That's the grade. Mm, well, that's uh, what many would argue this offseason is for the Cowboys. Mark, you posited on the latest episode of Hidden Yardage, which everybody can listen to on Mondays on our network, that this is actually not the worst offseason that the Cowboys are experiencing this century, that 2000, 2001, uh, definitely worse. You know, shout out to Troy Aikman, Quincy Carter, uh, some dark days. Do you still feel that way? Or did one day of Stephen and Jerry talking change your mind? No. <laughs> no. No, they did not change your mind. And I think that um, my co-host Sean Martin did a good job of elucidating that when you look at what they have needed to address, which is, oh, pass protection. Oh, let's release Lael Collins. Uh, Pass rush. Let's let Randy Gregory get away to Denver. That when you consider those objectives, that's why this engenders such negativity is because they've not really checked any boxes as to their goals for the off season. But when you look at the totality of how it compares to the rest of like going back to 2000, no, it's really not that bad because the fact is this still is a team that can contend for the NFC East, which, you know, is the like saying you're the fastest of the Winnebago's though. Uh, the NFC East, which in 2023, it was just announced, will feature Kelly Green uniforms once again. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to be rocking 
Uh, the color green in 2023. It was previously announced the Buccaneers will rock the creamsicles in 2023. I think we all want to see the Cowboys wear their throwback uniforms with the white helmet at some point. I imagine that will fall in line uh, happening in 2023 as well. Aiden, we have a lot of subjects to get to. Our commenters are already kind of ahead of us on a few of them. I'll let you pick. Uh, we're going to hit tonight on our live stream. Uh, Bobby Wagner, there's some, you know, not good news, but news nonetheless uh, about the All-Pro uh, who is not a member of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk about Mike McCarthy and this idea that he is is um, obsessed with the NFL draft. Maybe he is, uh, you know, going to start a podcast. We certainly have room for him on the network if, if he wants to. Uh, whether or not the Cowboys have revealed their own draft strategy and whether or not that's a big deal, if so. Uh, the loss of Randy Gregory, which you alluded to, Mark, and whether the Cowboys are, are coming out ahead from a quantitative standpoint. And uh, Jalen Ramsey's latest comments about not being a member of the Dallas Cowboys. So, Aiden, you can stick your hand in. You can pull out anyone you want. People can hear Aiden, by the way, every Monday also on our network on First and Ten. Aiden, what will it be? Let's start off with what I think is the most tame. We'll work our way up. Let's start with the Randy news and just okay. the uh, overview of Randy. So to set the stage, we have heard, as mentioned, from Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones so far this week at the owners' meetings in Florida. Um, and Aiden, they are – the spin is on, all right? They, they are spinning this um, in saying that the loss of Randy is really okay because the Cowboys took the funds that they were going to pay him, those $14 million per year, and who cares what happened because we wound up with Leighton Vander Esch, Dante Fowler, and Doran Armstrong. That's three players, and Randy's only one. So, I mean, clearly the Cowboys are in a better situation overall, true or false. You know what? You're setting me up for a hard false. I'm going to go, it's okay. I'm going to say somewhat true because I know it's it was really difficult, to, especially with the way it happened. It was really difficult to lose Grant, Randy Gregory like that. But I think that for the most part at the beginning of the offseason, it was we were pretty much deciding, do we want like Randy Gregory and that's it? Or do we want to sign a couple of these cheaper free agents? And they picked the second option. I know it gets a little bit more complicated when you start talking about what they did with Cooper. But I mean... Out of thirty-five out out of thirty-five Cowboys players who had a run defense snap last year, Gregory finished at I think it was thirty, like dead. Like he was not amazing in run defense. Three players that finished ahead of him or would have finished ahead of him: LVE, Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong. Mm. You then you then take into account the fact that I mean, we're all I think we're all rooting for Randy in Denver. We're all on team randy but he's barely barely hit 50 percent of his available games he's played that needs to be taken into account i don't know i don't completely dislike the fact that they just chose let's sign a lot of solid players instead of one pretty good player mark lane nephew of lois um you are the only person, I think, outside of my friend Mike Frey, who I did not anticipate giving a shot at here, who loved, I have to say it as a past tense thing, Taco Bell's Mexican pizza. I don't know anybody who loved it as much as, as I did, Mark, except for you. Would you rather have three Mexican pizzas or one piece of filet mignon? And I don't mean to say that these three players are, are Mexican pizzas from Taco Bell, which would not be a negative thing. Uh, but but is that is that fair? Is what Aiden's saying true? I mean, is, is you know, three of these lesser quality things as good as maybe you don't feel Randy is filet mignon? I think that they're non sequitur. I think that Randy Gregory's pass rushing ability doesn't really have anything to do with these three areas that you needed to address anyway. Mm. But they're trying to use the typical argument 
of limited resources, pi, and so we could only use so much pi that we couldn't use it on Randy Gregory. And but look at this, we got three other guys. Um, I I think that they're they must believe that they can offset the loss of Randy Gregory's pass rushing with Armstrong taking another step, which I think he will. It just happens in terms of pass rushers when they get a little older with Dante Fowler, maybe hitting some stride that only he can with the Cowboys, a la J Ron curse. And then some of these younger guys stepping up and also maybe they're going to use Micah Parsons more in a pass rush role. So they have it figured out in their minds that they can replace Gregory's pass rushing skills with kind of a, a, a committee approach, everybody doing a little bit more, but um, that El Paso joke that J Jerry told th that he last time he used that was on the fan on September the 6th, 2019, when he was recounting a story of how he signed Michael Irvin to his contract extension. And so in Jerry telling that El Paso joke with Randy Gregory, I mean, that's kind of one of the things that Jerry does is he he refers back to some of the same old stories uh in case anybody missed it what mark was talking about when jerry was discussing randy having left he um he, he talked about how he was on the phone could have made it happen if he really wanted to but that it was it was of his own volition uh that randy gregory is no longer a cowboy and that his verbiage or his thought process was el paso el paso i'll pass uh with a spanish flair that would not be grammatically correct uh, in the Spanish language, uh, but you know this this isn't uh, a Spanish class. Um, Dan, I have a feeling that you're going to come here and agree with Aiden and, and agree with the idea that you know the Cowboys are not not to paint you in any way, Dan. Uh, maybe you know not better off, but that they're making lemonade out out of the lemon situation. Um, I do think a relevant question comes to us from Iably Blue 365, and I would like you to answer. If it was okay, they would not have offered him a deal in the first place, right? So to that point, if the Cowboys truly were, you know what? We we don't need Randy. Like, we'll be fine. We'll just pay all these other players instead. Then why was the offer even out there in the first place? No, that is a that is a great question. And I wonder that myself because uh, it's, you know, it's, it seems like, like they just had a change of heart at the last, last second. Like maybe something happened to where they figured out they can get a three for one instead because yeah, they were real close. I mean, the, we thought the deal was going to happen. And then all of a sudden some contract language messed it all up. So that, I mean, that, that is a great question. Um, but, you know, and you're right, RJ, of course, you know, my response, because I, I am the eternal optimist, uh, as you, you know, like to refer I would to prefer to say you're a hopeless romantic, Dan. I mean, that's, that's really what this is. This comes down to. Okay. Well, the hopeless part is for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I personally don't mind the move. Uh, I, I think that there's a couple parts to this that make it interesting. First off, 14 million really would be like a Randy Gregory upside to me because he has not done anything that that has been close to that. He's flashed some some you know periods to where he's played really well, but you know as like Aiden spoke to of, I mean, what what has he really given us for a full season and you know throughout his career? And it's just so I don't know. That's a steep price to pay. Uh, I I will bet you ten thousand shoot bucks that. LVE, Dante, and Dorrance Armstrong have more sacks than Gregory. Uh, you know, does, I just don't. Does anybody want to take Dan up on that? I will. 
I will too. <laughs> so I, I, I'll take that. Well, what's the period of time? Because even when Parcells made the bet, how long? 2022. Just one season only. Just, just one right, season. Yeah. No, we, I'll, I'll take it. Well, and I think we have to assume Randy plays at least. Or like you have to say he plays at least twelve games. No, there's no stipulation. No. Okay. Yeah. okay, all right, fine. I'm still with Mark. I'm still with Mark on this. Aiden, are you not taking it? No, I'll, I'm. No, I'm on Dan's side. If some, if ah. you want to figure out a pairing, because I mean, yeah, you can't stipulate that Randy has to play X amount of games because guess what? That's part of the reason that we shouldn't have paid him. Okay, so again. I think that Dan and Aiden, your points would be better if the Cowboys did not want to pay Randy Gregory. Like if this was just a spin of like he left in free agency, I could tolerate this much more easily. Now I'll be the first to admit, um, as a, as a, you know, a different subject here. I'm not the most organized when it comes to awarding winners and losers on our roundtables, but that changes today, Mark. I don't think we've ever actually done a winner since um, since you've joined our roundtables. But from now on, every blog of the boys roundtable will have a winner, and we'll have a winner after every round. Uh, we do have five rounds to go through today so the round one winner mark lane mark made the most compelling argument here because there's no spin and that's the most important thing mark highlighted that in fact mark noting jerry's el paso line that that's all this is when jerry throws out one of these limericks or one of these you know catchy phrasey thingies or whatever it's jerry trying to put lipstick on a pig it's a it's circumcising the mosquito it's whatever it's just trying to get everybody to tweet and say wow jerry's so crazy he'll say whatever and completely and totally overlook the fact that they wanted this guy they were about to pay this guy they were celebrating and cheersing that they had paid this guy i just want to say that we can't like we kind of have to pick our poison here because you can't say oh jerry never should have offered randy a contract and then say well why weren't they talking to von miller more why didn't they do more with it like it's kind of a do you either want them to go all in on these players or if they know that there's a decent chance they don't sign do you want them just to ignore them that's that's what I'll say there. Mark, your thoughts on winning the first round? That's the last thing I need <laughs> is another competitive thing in my life. Great. Mm. Uh, so um, I have this slapped you. Burden. See, now I feel like Jimmy Johnson after he won Super Bowl 27 is now I've got the pressure to repeat. Well, you have an opportunity. And so the new rule is that whoever wins a round gets to pick the next subject. So I have slacked you all the subjects just so you can see them all. I know I read them at the beginning of the show. So, Mark, you can take a look as I buy you some time. We've obviously talked about uh, the Cowboys you know, losing Randy Gregory and somehow winning, uh, at least in the eyes of Dan and Aiden. Those are their exact words. I'm not paraphrasing for them or putting words in their mouth by any means. Uh, but, Mark, have you selected your topic of choice for round number two? Yeah, I think uh, this kind of dovetails into the Bobby Wagner talk because now the Cowboys, Stephen Jones said, well, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, Bobby Wagner, we like our guys. And, uh, you know, not much progress on that front. Here's what I think with the Bobby Wagner thing is I think that when you get veterans like, I mean, what, he's 30 plus these guys don't want to do the offseason program. They don't want to come into your facility. They don't really want to go to training camp. But I think that they keep tabs on them just to see how fresh they are if this plan with their linebacking core doesn't exactly work out or something. Look how Rolando McClain came into the building. It was when Sean Lee blew out his ACL on day one of 2014 OTAs. And then they went throughout the rest of the offseason program and saw that rookie Anthony Hitchens maybe not going to pick it up as fast. 
and Justin Durant they had as well. Good times. And then they brought in McLean during training camp. So Wagner's somebody that's definitely on their radar, but they probably don't have a place for him given that you've invested in Micah Parsons and now LVE and, and then you got Jabril Cox coming back. But I think he's somebody that's definitely uh, on their short list. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, you would remember better than I, the Cowboys traded for Rondo, Rolando McClain. Did they not? I think it was a seventh right. round pick. Um, so there was, you know, because he very... retired as right. he was with the Ravens. Right, right. Uh, very calculated effort. Okay, so uh, what Mark's alluding to, Stephen Jones said today, according to USA Today, uh, that the Cowboys are out on Bobby Wagner. Didn't say it in those exact words, but said it. You know, it's not going to work out, etc. You know, that is the, what is true according to Stephen Jones right now. Um, Dan, do you support this? Do you agree with Mark that maybe they're still lurking? There are other teams lurking. That's the risk you take. Maybe the Rams are willing to spend more than you. Uh, Peter King reported this week in Football Morning in America that Bobby Wagner is looking for a one-year deal worth $11 million. That's some some pretty, you know, pretty solid chunks of cheese uh, for an older linebacker. Uh, we know the Cowboys don't like to commit financially to that position. Um, are the Cowboys right here? Are they wrong? Is it somewhere in between like the truth often is? Uh, I think they're right. I, uh, I mean, I wouldn't throw dirt on it just, you know, altogether because, you know, see how things go. I mean, obviously there, there's some interest there. Uh, me personally, I, I love Bobby Wagner. I think it, you know, spending 10 million, 11 million for one year of service would be worth the money, but, um, I'm not going to complain about how the Cowboys are, are doing it. If they, they don't want to pay, uh, an aging veteran that's just been released, you know, that kind of money and they want to do something else with it. I'm, I'm fine. Um, so I, I guess, um, you know, I, I believe, I don't think they're going to do it. I think that, uh, Steven is being sincere in that it's just, you know, out of their range. And I think I'm okay with it. Aiden, where do you fall? Is, is everybody measured here? Is everybody, you know, cool with this? Or, or is this just, you know, are you frustrated because they won't sign anybody and Bobby Wagner kind of represents, you know, an outlet for all your frustration? Yeah, no, I mean, I hate to be boring here, but I kind of fall on the train that I, I wanted the Cowboys to sign Wagner. It's not like I was completely out on him. He's one year removed from like a six, five-year all-pro run. He made the Pro Bowl last year. I know he's aging, but he still represents huge upside for the run defense. And he's still, in my opinion, one of the better linebackers in the NFL. And so that's not, I, I wanted him on the team. And for one year, 1 million or 11 million, it fits the Cowboys' timeline, how they've been signing these one-year contracts. Who knows what that's really for, but it would it seems to fit pretty well. But at the same time, I mean, LVE, Jabril Cox, like Mark said, I mean, it's not like you're at a complete lack of linebacker this year. I I liked how LVE showed up over the back half of the year. I think, obviously, we saw promise with Jabril Cox. So I'd, I'm not, I'm not going to go to bed crying tonight because we didn't sign Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think people, again, have, like the, the crush that everybody has on Bobby has faded just a little bit. Um, 
Mark, I do think this point is important. Moinka brings up, says, I think Wagner would help more in the locker room and the development of the young players, show them how to be pros and not blame the refs. Again, everybody's still really upset that the Cowboys came out of their playoff loss, kind of pointing fingers, et cetera. Um, This was kind of a a staple move of the Cowboys once upon a time, and not too long ago. Zach Thomas, Keith Brooking, like, go out and get the linebacker who's been there, who's done it before. I would argue neither of them, although maybe you would argue Zach Thomas, did it at the level that Bobby Wagner has done it. What happened? Mark, just time to time time heals and changes you in different ways well don't you already have that leadership in Leighton Vander Esch and don't you need to Mm. allow for Micah Parsons to take over that role I think that with Micah Parsons off-field maturity and the way he talks about wanting to be great and when people were comparing him to LT uh, Lawrence Taylor for those of you uh, older than Aiden um, (laughs) he was Talk, you know, he was talking about he wanted to be greater than Lawrence Taylor. So I don't think that they really need this leadership among the linebacking core. I think what Bobby Wagner represents is someone to take some of that linebacking responsibility, if you will, off of Micah Parsons' shoulders. Because what was fascinating and intriguing about Parsons last season was that he was everywhere. Need a quick safety? All right, drop him back in coverage to break up a pass. Need a pass rusher? Well, just send him there. Uh, send him up the A-gap if you need to. And I think that that's also what people uh, just they concentrate on Wagner is because they see him as someone who can free up Parsons. And they hmm. wonder if, that, if now Parsons is going to be a little more shackled now that you don't have a dynamic linebacker coming in. I think that's really well said. Um, I know you had an unfair opportunity uh, compared to the other two people in the field here today, Mark, but seriously, you took it home. Round two goes to Mark Lane, starting off very strong on this roundtable here on Tuesday, March 29th. 2022. Uh, Mark, let's transition to subject number three. You can either pick it yourself, as is your right as the round winner, or you can delegate it. It's up to you. You've now won two in a row, so you've earned that right. How do you want to do this? Well, I just want to throw in that between Fowler and Vanderesh and Armstrong last year, they had 11 and a half sacks. So Look at that. So if the, the Gregory <laughs> versus the trio, I don't know. It's, it's looking like a bad bet so far. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, let's get into the overtime rules. I'm really curious to see how the, the rest of us look at it. Um, so I was not prepared to not have that banner up. So thank you for keeping me on my toes, Mark. Uh, the, the NFL has changed overtime rules. Obviously, this isn't a Cowboys specific thing, uh, but it can and probably will impact the Cowboys. So the new rule, in case anybody somehow missed it, uh, only applies to the postseason. Uh, and it now guarantees each team a possession because the NFL is totally reactionary and saw what happened in the divisional round between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And everybody's so upset that Josh Allen did not get an opportunity to touch the football after the great game that he had this does not impact the regular season those overtime rules are unchanged they are the same that the nfl adjusted to in 2010 when brett Favre's minnesota vikings were denied an opportunity in the nfc championship game and they moaned and groaned dan i'll throw it to you first uh your thoughts on the overtime changes in general do you like it do you think it's stupid do you like it in just the postseason i mean where are you at here i think it's partly stupid i think it's better I mean, obviously, I don't. I don't like anything that is determined by a coin flip. I think 
the fact that they, they actually flip a coin and decide who gets the ball first and, and the game could ultimately end in one possession, to me, it just seems so silly. I mean, I would like them to have something to where it's just maybe standardized or maybe the home team gets the ball first or the road team or you know, something that's that's very we, There were a lot of suggestions like team who had the most touchdowns gets the ball first. Like you, you play it off of something that happened in that game. And if it was a tie, then you do break it by giving it to the home team because there should be some sort of inherent home field advantage. Yeah, I mean, anything is better than flipping a coin. But if you're going to do that, I think it's very important in, in, the, in the spirit of fairness is to let teams have the equal opportunity to... I think they got it right in, in the in the playoffs by doing that. I just it's confusing to me. That's like, why don't you do it for the other games? Because, I mean, what's to me that that's the part I don't like. It's like they they, they sort of know the right answer, but they just won't choose it. So that's the only problem I have. It, it I guess it's it's a little better. So there's that. Um, so that, that's where I stand with that. This is how they rolled out the last change, by the way. They began with the postseason. Does anybody, I'm imagining that Mark does, but does anybody know the first game in which it was applicable, uh, the, the old, new overtime rules? You mean the status quo? I mean, they change it. I mean, when they changed it from sudden death to uh, first team that scores a touch, if, if the offense scores a touchdown, they win. If not, defense is allowed to possess the ball. When yeah, that change it was happened, the 2011 NFC Championship game, Giants 49ers, right? You're close, Mark. It was the 2011 wild card matchup between the Denver Broncos and the Pittsburgh Steelers when it didn't actually even come into play because on the very first play of the game, Tim Tebow hit the late great Demarius Thomas uh, for what would now not even be a game winning touchdown. That would only give have given the Pittsburgh Steelers the opportunity to possess the ball now Aiden um, that game happened when you were probably in kindergarten uh, but um, do you like the change do you think this is cool are you down with giving both teams an opportunity to possess the ball do you think it's dumb that it's just postseason only no I actually think this is taking a step back in the overtime rules I think we've placed all this value on like the we have to give both teams the chance to possess the ball but when you do that, it kind of, you get, you creep more and more to, towards the second team actually having an advantage because, like for example, and the reason that this rule is now in place is because of the Chiefs Bills game, which best game of last season. Obviously, that was a great game, but everybody was saying, well, of course the Chiefs won the game because when they got the ball in overtime, they were gonna score a touchdown. But during that game, the Chiefs scored four touchdowns and they had five possessions where they didn't score a touchdown. So it's not like the Chiefs were literally scoring every touchdown and the Bills, there's 0% chance they stopped them. And last season, the best team that, the best team in terms of percentage drives that ended in a touchdown was only at 32%. And so now when you keep giving the second team more and more of a chance to get the ball, it's just increasing the chance that the second team wins it's like college overtime where college overtime's unfair if you don't get the ball first and so that's my worry with the new overtime rules i think it's somewhat cool that both teams get a chance to possess the ball i'm just really worried we're gonna see the pendulum sh shift where now the second team's winning a whole bunch of games yeah, I think people, even though it wasn't that long ago, glossed over the fact that Buffalo had a three-point lead with 13 seconds left and squandered it. I mean, football's played on both sides of the ball. Mark, how do you feel? Uh, Dan feels one way, the incorrect way, a little bit of a spoiler in terms of who's going to win uh, this round. Um, or do you agree with Aiden on uh, this being a step backwards? You know, uh, I, 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 I'm kind of like in the Mike Tomlin camp. I mean... 
whoever scores first, whether it's a field goal wins. Um, just, I think in terms of the regular season, overtime is really more of a hindrance. Um, but in terms of the postseason, I think there should be a little, a li- it should be tilted a little more so that you're, so that a whole season doesn't come down to just one drive. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I think that in their application of the change, I agree with that in terms of they're doing it in the postseason where it may not be that big of a deal. And then you can continue with the status quo in the regular season. So, so regular season games and playoff spots aren't affected that way. So I, I think I only agree with the application of it. I, I, I think the overtime rules are getting tinkered with way too much. And at some point it's like instant replay. At some point you just need to stop. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, you know, I um, I co-host a show over on the Espionation NFL show with uh, Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, Espionation's 49ers community. Uh, and he put this really well. He can't win um, right now, but um, it's that people don't like the ending. P- people were not satisfied with the ending to the Bills-Chiefs game. And so it's like, well, how do we fix it? Like, how, how can we fix the ending? Whatever. It's okay. Sometimes it's just football. Uh, big surprise, round three winner, Aiden Davis, the correct take. Uh, I am very interested to see if this changes how coaches go for two. I think they should have done that already. I don't think that this should be a necessary requirement to get coaches to stop being cowards, but it is what it is. Uh, so Aiden, uh, you get to direct where we go now. What subject do you want to hit? Let's still keep it a little bit calmer. Let's say the Mike McCarthy news about him going all in on the draft. Oh, I don't know that this is going to be calm for some people. All right, really? so uh, Mike McCarthy is on the cover image of our roundtable on our YouTube channel, and he is not seen anywhere else this week. Mark, uh, Mike McCarthy not in Florida for the owners' meetings, the only NFL head coach. Now, to be clear, coaches have missed it before. It's not unheard of. It is uncommon for coaches to miss out on it. Uh, what is being you know, kind of given as the company line as to Mike McCarthy's absence has been that he is focused on the draft. The Dallas Morning News reported last week uh, they had an exclusive conversation with Mike McCarthy where he said that this is the most involved he's ever been in the pre-draft process. We know that the Cowboys prioritize and value the draft above free agency, as they should. Uh, Mike McCarthy has been heralded over the last two years for kind of staying out of Will McClay and the personnel staff's way and, and letting them draft the team. 
team. Um, do you, what do you make of this? Is, is this Mike McCarthy sensing that his job is in danger? Is this just him wanting to be involved? Is, I mean, is this just kind of evolution? I mean, wh- where are you at? Well, it, it depends on on if he's going to be complimentary to the process or if he's going to just absolutely barrel in with his own thing. Let me pause it to it like this. What if I came to you, RJ, and I said, I want to do more with the podcast network. Absolutely. I came in and I just hosted whatever shows I wanted to talk about. And I had a show where we talked about how brown gravy and different white gravy compared to uh, different psychology studies in behavioral psychology. You know what I mean? Instead of asking you, hey, RJ, what can I do to help with the podcasting? And so really that's what I wonder is – how much of this is Mike McCarthy just coming in and saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep my job with the Cowboys, as opposed to I want to do whatever I can to help the Cowboys win. Will McClay, give me the notebook. Who do we need to go see at these pro days? That's really what I'm interested in more so. And do you really think that – I mean, let's think about owners' meetings in, in the NFC coaches' breakfast and everything. Does that really look like a place that you would expect Mike McCarthy? I'd expect him to be there downing pancakes, you know. Garrett, I can see being like you need Jason Garrett at the NFC coaches meeting at the owners meeting. I that's a good place for him. But McCarthy, it just doesn't seem natural for him to be there anyway. He should be on the road with the the ticker and the timer and the and the whistle and the notepad going and scouting these guys. But again, what I wonder is, is this going to be complimentary to what Will McClay is doing? Or is this going to just be kind of like a, I don't know, a hindrance and and an added distraction? You know, uh, Mike McCarthy also not the best secret keeper, uh, not the best public speaker. Uh, I mean, it was just what last year that he kind of let it slip that Tyrone Crawford was going to retire. You know what I mean? Like, so maybe this is a, you know, the Cowboys way of saying, Mike, chill out. Um, now, Dan, not that this is totally indicative of how Mike McCarthy could draft, but Mark brought up a great point actually on this week's episode of Hidden Yardage, which everybody should listen to again here on the Black and Boys podcast network. Again, one small blip of a data point but mike mccarthy was all in on ben denucci right that was his guy they had the, the pennsylvania pittsburgh connection uh denucci introduced himself to mccarthy at the omni in the lead up to the 2020 nfl draft etc cetera, etc cetera. so that was mike mccarthy's guy as far as mccarthy guys um not that they're the same as garrett guys that's kind of the the most you know prominent example to date so again, this is really unfair to Mike McCarthy, but you know, should Mike McCarthy be allowed this kind of like trump card of, hey, this is my guy, this is who I want, we're pulling the trigger on this specific player? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, you know, Mike, my favorite trait about Mike McCarthy, and that's a small list, um, but it, it is the fact that he is completely hands off with the draft. Uh, so I. I'm glad that he, let, that he let them do their thing. I mean, they, they've had some, you know, two really good drafts so far. Uh, but I'm not overly worried about this because I really don't know how much input McCarthy is going to is going to give. He strikes me as a guy that might be there, might have some comments to say. Let me but- let me let me ask this question at this point, Dan. Do you think that whatever input it, his percent, whatever percentage input he had prior to this offseason is larger? now do you believe it uh, that 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 input has grown 
It has to have, right? Like even if it's it, incrementally, it has, it has to, to have. have grown. Right. It has to have. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know what that would still mean though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, those he's, he has to know those guys do a really good job and he's supposed to be a guy that really stands back and lets people do things. And so I, I don't know how much meddling there is really going to be. He'll have some input. The Danucci thing is, I'm not so I'm not mad that they got one of McCarthy's. Sure, guys. yeah, it's a seventh round pick. Get your guy, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm more mad that he played him. Um, you know, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> he had there's choices. There was choices. Uh, Danucci was terrible, and and he, and he kept him on the team. He's not still on our team, is he? He uh, is. He's still on the Cowboys oh, practice brother, squad. So. I mean. So yeah, the one little piece of evidence we have is just terrible, but I I, I hope that he he recognizes that the, the Cowboys uh, personnel department, the scouting department, they they do a fantastic job, and he just he lets them do their thing. And if he has opinions about things, uh, you know, great. But I mean, look at remember McCarthy spent a lot of time watching tape, you know, and we know that he didn't. So I mean, just let McCarthy do his McCarthy thing. I I don't care. Aiden. Um... Is this indicative, and I don't mean this as hot takey as it sounds, but is this indicative of McCarthy sensing urgency? The fa- I mean, the fact that he's doing something to a large degree that he hasn't done before, I mean, wouldn't that seemingly suggest that he realizes that that is a necessary course of action? I'd say it influenced it, but I don't think it's the only reason he say. I think part of it is just McCarthy's been around the NFL for a while. He's probably he's gone to these coaches meetings before he realizes that there's more pressing issues right now with between free agency and scouting for the draft. And I think this year it just kind of culminated and he's like, okay, I do have to win this year. I am somewhat on the hot seat. I don't really like to use that word, but he is somewhat on the hot seat. And so he's realizing between that factor and the fact that I've been to these meetings countless times, I don't really need to go back again. I think those two factors were probably the biggest two things playing. Interesting. Um, not it is, This is one of those those times, I mean, one of those situations, and we've all talked about how this offseason has felt so dreadful, but no matter what anybody associated with the Cowboys, you know, front office or team brass or brain trust does, they're going to be wrong. They're going to be vilified. They're going to be made fun of. They have completely and totally lost the benefit of the doubt to where this is now looked at as this incredible demerit of an idea. Uh, the round four winner, Danny Phantom. Uh, you know, good job, Dan. I think it's it's fair to say that Mike McCarthy's best quality is staying out of the coaching, excuse me, the scouting staff's way. That is not necessarily something that worked really well for the previous regime. Uh, your favorite regime, everybody knows that Dan is the biggest Jason Garrett fan in the world. Um, and so, um, if if not for them, T.J. Watt might be a Dallas Cowboy instead of you know Taco Charlton uh, being a Pittsburgh Steelers or whatever. Uh, Dan, we have two subjects left. Uh, where would you like to go? And the score, to be very clear here, is Mark with two and you and Aiden tied uh, at one apiece. So some important points left on the board. Let's talk about uh, Jerry Jones uh, giving away our draft plan. Okay, so Jerry Jones met with uh, members of the local media this week, as mentioned, in Florida. And Mark, uh, he noted that the Cowboys are going to draft an offensive lineman unless there's a Micah Parsons or a CeeDee Lamb there, uh, which has been the case in each of the last two years. Uh, but the Cowboys are in dire need of some help along the offensive line. If you do the math as far as their offseason uh, roster moves, they have lost two wide receivers by way of trading Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson leaving. They have re-signed Michael Gallup and signed 
behind James Washington. Everywhere else, there is kind of an Indiana Jones idol swap, one for one, X for X. The only place where they have not replenished at all is along the offensive line, what with Connor Williams also ending up in Miami and the team releasing Lyle Collins before he wound up in Cincinnati. Is there any legitimate truth to the idea that Jerry's saying they're going to draft an offensive lineman is truly totally tipping their hand, or is that just normal NFL speak and people like to make a big deal out of it? That was for you, Mark. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal because there's sometimes with teams, you know what their need is. It's pretty apparent. So they're going to use that first round pick to address it. So it's not really giving away the strategy. It's kind of like, RJ, when you're on Twitter, it's usually about a Sunday within the 15-minute window before kickoff, and you say, I think the strategy for Dallas should be to score more points than the other team. And really, when you look at Dallas, that's where their biggest concern is, is the offensive line, that left guard spot, right in between Tyler Biotic and and Tyron Smith, it's just, here's the concern, is Dallas going to be so committed to, we need a left guard that they'll take anybody as opposed to the best player available? Will they, will, would they even entertain maybe trading down, trading back, and picking up some extra draft capital and getting their guy like they did with Travis Frederick in 2013? So it's real. I think that may be where some of the frustration is, is that people are getting tunnel vision on the fact that Jerry says that they're going to just absolutely draft uh, a left guard at 24th overall. It could take a, a different shape. They could trade down. I think it'd be bad if they traded up to get a guard, sure. but, but they could even do something like that. So I don't think he really gave away their draft strategy too much because <laughs> you kind of, the, the hole is pretty apparent. Aiden, uh, to Mark's point, this is, um, I'll use a different analogy. Like the Cowboys, like every other team are sitting at the poker table and they're, they're basically saying, yeah, we, we want to win every hand, right? Like that's, we want to have better cards than you. Um, I believe blue 365 says, I don't like the openness of our strategy in general, but the other teams know what we need already. Um, this, this does kind of feel like Jerry just saying the obvious, though. Like, they, they do have loose lips. We know that all the time. Mark transcribes all of their looseness uh, on a weekly basis. But uh, this doesn't feel like it, it sits in that category, does it? I No, I don't think this is loose at all. Like, exactly like Mark said, everybody knows we need an offensive line. If you go to the PFF mock draft simulator, which I'm sure a lot of us have done, the number one need is offensive linemen. And... It's not like Jerry said offensive guard specific. That would worry me because then you eliminate the possibility of like a Tyrell Linderbaum. But no, I mean, he just said offensive line, which is the number one need on pretty much. Ask ask any Cowboys fan. They're going to say the number one need right now is offensive lineman, given how they haven't addressed in free agency. They haven't addressed in free agency. So we know that they're probably planning on doing something through the draft. And I also like the fact that he kind of left in like the, I, I wouldn't say I like it, but like the fact that he left in like unless a Micah Parsons or CeeDee Lamb is available. Like now if you're a team like the say you're the Lions picking at 30 again and you know Chris Olave's on the board, you want Chris Olave and the Cowboys are sitting there, maybe the Lions are like, oh no, are they about to take this next CeeDee Lamb? And maybe they trade up, give us a few extra assets for it. Wow. Uh 
Cowboys helping shape the cast of Hard Knocks, according to Aiden Davis. Um, Dan, um, do you agree? I mean, it feels like we're all on the same page. Here. This is I, I, this is one of those things where, like, the, again, the Cowboys have, have not just lost, but they've kind of burned the benefit of the doubt. Right? Like, they set this bridge on fire, and so now we're over here on the other end screaming and pissed off at them. And so this is one of those things that, like, if they were really successful, like if Sean McVay's out here saying, even Matt LaFleur, to the Chris Olave point, said that, yeah, you know, we're, we're looking at wide receivers, whatever. If, if successful teams do and say these sorts of things, it's not a real big deal. But because Cowboys fans are so tense right now and so ready to be pushed over the edge just at a moment's notice, this kind of, like, incites that behavior, does it not? Yeah. I mean, and as someone who spent, you know, a good part of his weekend dissecting a leaked Cowboys draft board, I, I'm aware of the Cowboys negligence at time. Um, but no, I, I think this falls into just another one of those, you know, we're going to release them if, if we don't get a sort of thing. I mean, ever you everybody knows what our needs are. ESPN knows what our needs are. They, they post what our needs are. There's no there's no new evidence that that's being um, being expressed. And I would even, I don't often disagree with Aiden, but I would even say that teams know enough that the Cowboys are, are not going to just fixate on a position where they'll take an Olave. Um, and the Cowboys know that our teams know that already. So I don't think that that was anything new revelation either. So to me, this is just, Typical Jerry saying things, and I will point out, you know, over the years, he said he has said a lot of things that you may think that he's given our plans away, but then you'll see the Cowboys do a, a 180. It's nothing like that at all. So he's also a he may seem like he's revealing his poker hand, but he's pretty good at bluffing, and and that may be because maybe he doesn't even know what he's holding. But so you, you got to be careful about how you how you even read him. And uh, I think I, one good example of that was in the 2020 draft lead-up where the organization had a video of, oh, Jerry interviewing Jalen Hurts, and oh, my gosh. And then, yeah, Jalen Hurts is now the quarterback for the Eagles. And that's the other thing, too, that fans should rem just recall, is if Dallas is linked to somebody or their scout, I can't believe they're going to be redundant and pick this position they're doing their scouting work for when this player is a free agent mm -hmm. and they can trade for them a la Amari Cooper because it was their draft work going into the 2015 draft that led them to say, we're going to trade for him in 2018. And and Dan has written about this before. The Cowboys love former first rounders. They love to sign former first rounders. I mean, look at Dante Fowler. That's where that you know process you know kind of rears its head. I wish I could award uh, a winner nod to all of you from round five, uh, but because I want the drama i'm awarding it only to aiden and to danny uh, so that you're all tied going into the final round uh sorry mark but Wait, you built i have a question <laughs> though i have a question so if dallas then signs other first round picks that would mean they like other guys right that they, is true <laughs> that's what that means they don't just true. like their guys that's what that means um that's true they they um they're stepping in their own words um, it's too late oh, mark he can't win it's too late <laughs> um okay tied at two apiece each of you uh coming down to the wire here like a great uh there's so many people who are into formula one racing now not my cup of tea but i certainly respect uh the sport and how many how much people like it uh we have one final topic to hit but um this this one involves a lot of hindsight um and so you know 
we'll see how it goes. But Jalen Ramsey uh, was on the pivot uh, recently and talked about the 2016 NFL draft, which I cannot believe was six years ago. Aiden, I don't think you could legally drive at that point in time. Um, I you can- just got my license. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for making all of us feel terrible. Uh, let's go ahead and play the Ramsey clip so we can get a full picture on what he said. That's where I wanted to initially go, just because of that simple fact. Because at the time, that was like before Miles, the the uh, report came out that Miles Jack knee was hurt because he was in that conversation too. It was like Miles Jack, Jalen Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Joey Bosley, and myself mm-hmm. were like in that conversation. Who's, who's going to be the first defensive player taken off the board? And I just wanted to be that, – that was really the only reason. Um, and then – but if it didn't happen, I'm like, yo, I always grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, really, like Titans and Cowboys. Right. So if I go forward, that's going – man, that's like for real dream come true. And uh, I remember when I was at um, – when I was on my visit to Dallas, they told me, um, like straight up to my face, like, if you there at four, we taking you. It was like, we don't think you're gonna be there at four. They said, we, we think they're gonna get you at three, but if you there at four, if you on that board, we taking you. Mm-hmm. And I thought where it was Bond, I'm like, I'm gone then. If I'm there at four, I'm there. I saw this clip uh, for the first time on Cowboys Reddit today. So shout out to the fine folks over there. I always do a great job curating uh, what's going on in the world of America's team. Um, Mark, uh, the 2016 draft was a very stressful experience for Dallas Cowboys fans. Uh, There were so many people early on in the process who wanted Jared Goff or Carson Wentz to to land the eventual successor to Tony Romo because he was coming off, missed 12 games the season prior. Obviously, they went one and two overall, respectively. The the, the then still San Diego Chargers uh, did take Joey Bosa, who Cowboys Twitter hated uh, at the time, and he was the first defensive player off the board, which set the Cowboys up to take either one of Ezekiel Elliott or Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey mentioned Miles Jack, who actually joined him in Jacksonville as the Jaguar second round draft pick that year. Many people said that Dallas could have had Ramsey and Miles Jack or Ramsey and Derrick Henry, who went to Tennessee, who Ramsey apparently grew up a fan of. Instead, Dallas drafted Zeke at four overall and Jalen Smith in the second round, shocking the entire world. Um, Does it make you feel better or worse or sad or mad or glad or anything that Ramsey, uh, who was very vocal about wanting to be a cowboy at the time, uh, still kind of feels that way? way in the here and now after being one of the league's better cornerbacks dude you're a super bowl champion who cares <laughs> I, mean, I mean he's he's a petty I guy mean, i don't know i mean that's that's kind of the ramsey experience since 1995 and you have one now who, who cares that's that i mean really Okay. All right. I like this. Marcus fighting hard for this point. Respect. Uh, Dan, you mentioned uh, constructing a leaked Dallas Cowboys draft board. The 2016 Dallas Cowboys draft board was, in fact, broken down by bloggingtheboys.com way back in the day. Um, Do you feel any sort of way about this? Or is this just you've already forgotten? You've moved on from Jalen Ramsey. The Cowboys would have played him at safety anyway. Uh, Well, in hindsight, obviously, you know, it it seems like it's you know, the Cowboys made a mistake, you know, obviously the, the posi- positional value of a, of a corner versus a running back is pretty significant. Um, yeah. I mean, but Zeke was number one on their board and, you know, Ramsey was number two. Uh, I have to admit, I'll own it, you know, three weeks prior to the, I had them like both. And then all of a sudden three weeks before I fell in love with the idea of what Zeke could do in the offense. And then, so I was the Zeke guy and I pretty much stayed on that for, well, up until recently, to be honest, just cause I'm just, you know, and mad denial about it. But uh, yeah, that's just, uh, it's interesting. What I what I found most interesting about that, that whole thing is that the Cowboys, they said something that wasn't true. 
I mean, wh when does that ever happen? When do they go in there and just say what they're going to do? And then it, it didn't turn out that way. So, uh, so yeah, so that tells you what that, that kind of stuff means. Uh, and I will, I will also add too that if you, if you're really upset about the, how that turned out, you should blame Jason Garrett because not that I want to throw more hate towards him, but I've seen enough and read enough behind the scenes to where, you know, he was, he was advocating for, for Zeke, you know, over Ramsey. So that now that's why we have things turned out the way they did. And how, how does life change for the Cowboys? If they draft Jalen Ramsey in 2017, does, does Dak Prescott have the rookie year that he does? I mean, you, you read my mind. I was literally going through it. Like what, as we were talking about what happened if the Cowboys take Ramsey and I mean, you know what I, based off how things turned out, I don't know that if I could go back in time, I'd take the risk of taking Ramsey. Cause like you said, part of the reason that Dak was hyper successful in 2016 is because the run game really opened things up for him. Like between that offensive line and Zeke ripping off a 40 yard run at any point, as well as like just those like dump off random screens 83-yard screen in Pittsburgh. Everybody yeah, like that. Yeah. Jason, he, Jason Garrett loved that play. But, or I guess, Scott Lanahan. Anyway, that, like, what happens? Like, maybe the run game doesn't get going. Maybe Dak struggles a bit. Maybe when Tony Romo heals again, maybe Dak falls to the bench. Tony Romo comes back. Dak gets traded. Like, you don't know what's, you don't know what's happening. And I'm not going to assume that I know what would happen. But I don't think I'd trade knowing how Dak progressed, knowing how that season turned out for the potential of Ramsey. I mean, obviously Ramsey's a better player. Nobody's going to argue that they'd rather have Zeke's career over Ramsey's career. But, I mean, you just don't know how that thing turns out. Mark, Zeke was the highest Dallas Cowboys draft pick at the time and still has been since Russell Maryland, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and so, I mean, to Dan's point, yeah, I mean, an improper utilization of an incredible, an incredibly premium resource. You spent the fourth overall pick and then doubled down on that, on a running back. Okay, but do you agree, Mark, that it was worth it in that it created this timeline that allowed Dak Prescott to become the franchise quarterback? Because they might they might have just, you know, played, you know, played footsie with the idea of Tony Romo for too long and then let Dak Prescott get away, and who knows where we'd be right now. Well, you got to go back to 2014 because you had DeMarco Murray and that running game that really was dominant and Dallas won the East in, in a playoff game and they were a Dez catch away from going to the NFC Championship game. And so you go through 2015 Romo with the broken collarbone, but also you had a running back by committee where Joseph Randall was supposed to be the head Good of the times. committee. And then it became uh, Darren McFadden. But nevertheless, you you still had a thousand yard back uh, for the third consecutive year. So the theory was if you got a dynamic enough running back behind that offensive line, that would be the engine to really drive the offense. And you didn't need to care so much about Romo's health, just address it with an adequate backup. And that was that was the philosophy that led to taking Ezekiel Elliott fourth overall. So, you know, I, given that that's how that particular team was built, they had to make that pick because if they would have gone with Ramsey, you know, you still would have had that deficiency on offense and it wouldn't have moved as well. And then if Romo would have gotten hurt 
in 2016 than, you know, so I don't know that taking, here's what I remember. I remember Michael Irvin was on 105.3, the fan leading up the week to the draft. And he laid it out for everybody. He said, I've seen JJ Watt, who he compared Joey Bosa to, uh, collect these NFL defensive player of the year and they can barely win a playoff game in Houston. I've seen Deion Sanders have to go to San Francisco and Dallas to win his Super Bowls because he couldn't do anything with the Falcons. I, but Emmett Smith, you know, he got us three Super Bowls, and that's what you get with Ezekiel Elliott. And that was the thinking was that if you just really got the running game going, it'd be dominant. And so, but, you know, a lot with that comes, you, you just – they needed to address the pass rush, and they didn't, and it burned them in the playoffs that year. Mm. Good times. Uh, really uplifting conversation this has been. Uh, shout out to Jalen Ramsey for, um, you know, for, for sending us all down but memory now, lane. How about the, he, Jalen Ramsey went to the Jaguars, remember, and then forced his way out to the Rams. Would he have done that to Dallas? Probably. I mean, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Do you think so, Dan? You're shaking your head? No, you think he would have been happy? I don't think he would have forced his way out, but then when it comes time to for an extension, I mean, what's going to happen there? I mean, well, we only have so much pie to go around. If you recall, he showed up in Jacksonville to training camp. Was it was it a Brinks truck he had? I mean, like imagine imagine how big of a story that would have been if he showed up to Cowboy. If he shows up to the Marriott in Oxnard with you know Brinks truck, I mean that would have been, I mean it would have been incredible theater. And then uh, Jerry says, uh, uh, Jalen who. That's true. Um, you know, we talked so much about the 2016 Cowboys draft class. Didn't even mention the best player, Rico Gathers. I mean, you know, good good times. That six-round pick. That was an incredible class for a fun time. Last class taken from the offices of Valley Ranch. Um, okay, does anybody have a thoughts on who the round should go to? Anybody want to be noble? Anybody want to be selfish before I hand it out? Wait, I'm not this. I just, quick thought. What happens if the Cowboys take Jalen Ramsey, they and then just throwing the dice like in community you never know how the chain of events goes they then pass up on Dak Prescott and they take like a Brandon Allen or a Jeff that's Driscoll. too that's risky a, that's too risky all I'm all I'm saying is you just can't don't know that. how things play out and I don't know if I'd redo it but the thing is it's like a divine force intervened that they get Dak Prescott to begin with because they tried to pass on him. They tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch and all these other things. And it was like Prescott was destined to come to Dallas anyway. Wow. Um, incredible closing arguments from all of you. Dan, you really didn't offer anything. Seems like you don't really want to win the award no. uh, tonight. So, you know, it is what it is. Our round table winner by the narrowest of margins. Mark Lane, Mark Lane for the divine intervention, noting that it was destiny. It was going to happen one way or another. He showed up, Dak Prescott. He couldn't wear his number 15 because Devin Street had it. He had to wear number four, and he became the number four in all of our hearts. Mark, do you have anything to say? I mean, this is your moment. Uh, however, the acceptance speeches have been kind of a controversial topic around the world as of late, but it's up to you what you want to do right here. So, Aiden, when you all come to the SEC – with Oklahoma, do you think that you're going to continue to have this big rivalry with Oklahoma, or are we going to get Arkansas and Texas going again? I, I think it's going to. 
We're rivals with Oklahoma. We don't care about our little brothers, Texas A&M and Arkansas. Wow, I'm so happy I'm with Mark, really. Bang, I'm just bang. very, very happy. Mark, very noble of you to devote um, your moment to your um, collegiate allegiance. Uh, congratulations. This is a, a seriously, like, notable thing. I mean, this is, like, bigger than the boxing gloves that the Cowboys hand out. All right, out to we're, the... focused on, we're, we're focused on next week. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, does anybody have any thoughts they want to say before we get out of here for this week's edition of our roundtable? Anything can be Cowboys football, you know, Mexican pizza related. We've, we've touched all sectors of the world today. Anybody have any closing thoughts? I, now, there's a chicken place <laughs> in Dallas, Fort Worth called Chicken Express. They're incredible. And they tea. have corn nuggets. Amazing. I really like the corn nuggets. But in Tulsa, where I went to school, they had they called them corn dodgers. Um, do you like corn? I mean, who, who in the chat likes corn nuggets or corn dodgers? I, I think they're great. I, I think they're wonderful. I believe Golden are. Chick also has corn nuggets as well. Um, yeah, they're so, really good. Yeah, I that's one of the few like fried things you don't have to dip in anything because it's kind of like cream. You don't need ranch or anything like that. Uh, so that's a good closing thought from you, Mark. Dan, Aiden, you want you want to try? I mean, it's a tough I, one to top. It's up I'm to you. I'm not following that. Okay, Aiden, any anything you want? Anything you, you got? Yeah, so best anyway. fried food will always be fried pickles. That is. Maybe the dumbest thing you've ever said. Um, I don't. Hey, that's pretty good though for fried pickles. They Dan, are do you like good. fried pickles? If someone uh, were to give me fried pickles, I would eat them. But it like if you had some other stuff, maybe not. I think they're kind. Fried pickles are kind of like the third option, kind of like the Kevin Williams on the '93 mm. Cowboys in terms of options. I mean, they're good, but I think there are better options. But they come in the clutch. If I, have I see it, I... you're not much. If I see it on a menu, I don't care how hungry I am. I am ordering fried pickles. Um, Dan, I mean, this is the the Republic again, where we'll fry anything. Um, again, State Fair time, they got a lot of fried. They get like you can get like a fried peanut butter and jelly. You can get fried Oreos. Um, you know, things along those lines. I've always wondered, and this is my closing thought, because again, you know, Mark, Aiden, you've had a lot of fried things. Would you eat fried ranch? Like if somebody fried up like yes. a, it was like a ball like a ball of ranch, A, would you eat it? Like try it. And B, subsequently, if you would, would you dip it in cool ranch? Yes. Thank you, Mark. That's a, there's a reason that you're the winner tonight, Mark, and uh and that's it. Justin uh Bossman's, by the way, says fried pickles with ranch. Um Amen. and Peter Hunt says uh corn nuggets, you guys ran out of football topics, sorry. We didn't run out, we hit them all. You know what I mean? Like that was a good closing thought, Mark. All right, everybody, have yourselves a great week. We'll be back next Tuesday. Um, Dan, the closing words belong to you. Make them great. Uh, hey, just nice hanging out with you guys. So let's hope for a fun, exciting week uh, You know, of no Cowboys news. Well said. Yeah, right. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of 
Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.